Welcome back to season two of Flop Stars. In case you're new here, Flop Stars is the podcast where we look at projects by our favorite pop stars that underperformed on the charts but found a home with a cult group of fans. I'm Sam Murphy, the editor of The Interns, and I'm joined as always by Project U's Nick Kelly to delve deep into misunderstood projects. This week, we're going in on Lord's melodrama. The Kiwi's second album came after her huge breakout with Pure Heroine. After Grammys and hits, she returned with a pulsating, dizzying second album, made entirely with Jack Antonoff. It was a rousing, poignant coming of age that earned her universal praise, but its chart hits were few and far between. In this episode, we explore why it didn't hit commercially and why it's a landmark album for pop music. Good morning, Nick. How are you today? Sam, I just had my first sleep on my brand new koala mattress. Oh, did you? It oh, that sounds great. like a, a hashtag ad. <laughs> a bit of spawn gear. No, my friend um, was doing their marketing and so he had a 20% off code, but he didn't, he, he left the week before I bought it, but he gave it to me anyway and said it might not work, but it might work and then gave it to me. So I got 20% yeah, off. And it did. And it worked. And it's... Well, we've been looking at mattresses this morning as well. So now my Instagram ads is just going to be fucking packed with mattresses. Legit. <laughs> so, and now that Instagram's right. been listening to flop stars, um, it'll definitely be bringing up koala mattresses for you as a priority. Definitely. Well. Definitely. Highly uh, recommended. Yeah. You get a little koala oh my with God. them. That's the biggest ad we've ever done. <laughs> They really need to hit us up now. Now, let's preface this episode of the podcast with you coming to me yesterday with a sort of bit of trepidation about whether I would be excited yes. to um, to perform this episode of the podcast. I say perform like we've scripted it. But you had a feeling <laughs> that I sort of was a bit of a detractor of the Lord Melodrama camp, didn't you? Well, I didn't have a feeling. I'm not a psychic. I just know that... Um, <laughs> We were geographically quite close, at, and I suppose um, relationship-wise, quite close. We weren't in a relationship, but we were. <laughs> we lived close to each other, and we spent a lot of time with each other. Yeah, around the <laughs> and time. And I remember this that. Out. Yeah, that, this is a very long way of saying that. Yeah, I think I knew at that point that you had your reservations about um, melodrama. Yeah. Am I, am I still correct all these years later? You were, you are correct in that at that time I definitely did. I think I was sitting in terms of my taste in a place of like wanting hard, fast beats basically. And like my pop taste was like (laughs) almost EDM. It was like, if it's not made in like Norway and has glitchy, um, a glitchy drop in it, then I'm not interested. Um, However, going back on the records, and I think we'll we'll definitely get to why this is the case, but going back on the record, I really, really understand where everyone was coming from at the time. Yeah. I think my life was just going at a million miles an hour and I needed the music to keep up with it and I didn't have time for your silly little <laughs> your silly little melodrama. <laughs> Ella <laughs> Soppy little melodrama. <laughs> You just wanted to be in the clubs. I did. That was which is funny because it feels like that's the period of time that um, Lord's written this album about the time that she just wanted to be in the clubs as well. But yeah, obviously she had a a little bit of a different take on it than um, David Nick Kelly Guetta over here. (laughs) 
Nick Z Kelly over here. So we've obviously got a lot to unpack then because we haven't really done an album like this that um, has been as divisive. We've had ones that we've had different thoughts on, but obviously we're both coming from a very different place on this record. Um, But let's just start with the basics and let all the Lord stands out there know why she has landed in the flop stars category. Nice to hear your first Um, testy pop of the episode coming in about one minute in. I don't know why. I feel like it never happens unless I'm like recording a podcast and then I get too excited. I sound like a 15 year old. (laughs) Ridiculous. But yeah, we should give some context as to why um, we're considering this in the flop stars category. We definitely should. So um, obviously pure heroin was really big for Lord. There it is again. Um, she had Royals, obviously massive single. Team was another massive single. Tennis court, very big in Australia. It kind of set her up as the new pop girl. And then she did the Hunger Games soundtrack. She had a Disclosure collab. And obviously everybody was anticipating this huge return from Lord. And don't get me wrong, it was a big return. But I think when you look at the numbers of this record compared to the previous one, she didn't get to the point where she was competing on the top tier pop level. So the album debuted at number one in the US and Australia, which was great, but didn't kind of hang around as long. And the album got one top 20 single in the US, which was Greenlight, and then none of the other singles made it into the top 50. Um, which, Which makes it a flop, I guess, from pop standards. Absolutely. But on the flip side of it, you've got this album that is just absolutely critically loved globally and considered to be rightfully so in my opinion one of the best pop records of the last 10 years and it also landed a nomination for album of the year at the grammys but only for album of the year and not any other category which is very bizarre and doesn't happen very often when you think that usually you at least land a nomination in a genre category. Yeah. But apparently she, she can't kind of be pigeonholed there, so she ended just up in Album of the Year, which if you're going to get any, why not go for that one? Yeah. Do you think that's a strength or a weakness of this record, that it can't really be pigeonholed too far? Because you've definitely got those clubby kind of influences and those those sort of like four-to-the-floor beats, but then you've got the ballads as well, and then you've got those moments that sort of almost sit in a, a sort of hip-hop production space. It feels like it can't be pigeonholed into one particular direction. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing, in my opinion. I think it's like unapologetically Lord, And yeah. I think um, when you think of her kind of like um, how she's going to be like remembered as an artist and her legacy... I suppose it's a great thing when you're thinking of trying to pitch her to radio and trying to get her nominated at award shows. Maybe it doesn't work so well. And I think it's why her career took a big kind of um, left turn at this point, because I don't think she's, I don't think you would now consider Lord to be somebody who's going to be up there with your Dua Leapers and your even Billie Eilish's and stuff like that. She doesn't feel like an artist to me who's going to compete on radio. She feels like somebody who's going to have a career like Fiona Apple, um, which I think is something that she's purposely done. I don't think she's ever going to be an artist who's going to play to the sound of now. And I think that melodrama was a really strong statement in establishing Lord as a sound rather than Lord as playing to what the radio wants. Yep. 
I get you. How big was Lord when she released melodrama is the first sentence on the run sheet of our podcast. And I want to unpack it a little bit. I was going to say, because... good question. <laughs> because I feel like in, very, in different territories, she was very much at a different stage, which is often the case when you've got an Definitely, artist yeah. coming out of left field and coming out of a, a left field country like New Zealand. Um, obviously, in Australia, we know the context. She blew up almost overnight with royals in, in this territory. She got to the point where um, she was flown over to replace Frank Ocean is one of the headliners of Splendour in the Grass, our biggest music festival yeah. here in Australia, pretty much just after Royals popped. So it happened very fast. But what was she like in the other territories? Well, uh, I know the US. The US is a very difficult market to break when you're on your first album, particularly when you're coming from somewhere like New Zealand. I remember somebody saying that she played Good God Small Club in Sydney and they said, it was very exciting because Delta Goodrum had gone along to watch her. That was kind of the sign that Lord was going to be something big. Once once you've got Delta's ticket of approval, you're just going to fly from there on. Big ups Delta for getting on the new music tip and just like... Exactly. Delta knows her shit, you know. Delta, I, I just can't imagine Delta at Good God Small Club, but I respect that. I know. May Maybe that, it was a mistake. May that small club rest in peace, by the way. It's now a exactly one up. of the greats, yeah. one of the best to do it, yes. one of the best to do the Flintstone bar slash music theme. <laughs> Very random for anyone who doesn't live in Sydney. Anyway, moving on. In the US, um, Royals obviously popped off, but it came a little bit later than Australia. It came quite late, I think, actually, that Royals started doing very well. And from memory, Royals did well, and then they almost kind of rushed out the album that came after it and team took off team was a massive radio hit in the u.s yep. in the u.s they seem to play the same four songs on repeat and um team was in that rotation for a very long time yeah so it's that album was like nothing but a success in the u.s and particularly for a debut artist like you can't even imagine the heights that it went to and i think she picked up the grammy for song or record of the year for royals as well so a Grammy, um, a number one hit on pop radio in your fir- on your first album is phenomenal and obviously gives you a massive leg up when you're going into the second one, but also gives you a lot of pressure as well because you're expected to follow it up. And Lord took her time as well. She really took her time, I think three or four years, going towards melodrama. And I think um, from an artistic standpoint, it paid off. That's a very fascinating thing to think about is the way that this hard and fast first album and this hard and fast success comes in the very early days. Yeah. And, and we say hard and fast, by the way, but she was signed as a development act at 13. And when Royals popped off, she was 16. So pl- industry, pl- one of the great industry plants of our time. So there was a good three or four years of groundwork that happened to get her to the point where people actually started to take notice, um, which she can't discredit. So... It's almost like that three or four year window was natural to her already by that point. She'd spent the three or four years building up towards the first album, towards Pure Heroine in that era. And then it was almost natural to do another three or four years of soul searching and finding herself. And and when you're you're a young artist that's that's playing in this major label space and playing in this this level of success, you grow up so damn fast and you learn just how much time you actually need and you learn how much 
downtime you need to be able to write yeah. and create a record that make, that is meaningful and a record that's not just, you know, striking while the iron's hot. It's a very stressful thing to do, to back away and allow a whole new era of music to come in and then come back with another album. But you're right. Yeah. In this instance, it absolutely paid off. Do you think she was writing melodrama to have a hit and to have a bunch of hit records? Or do you think she didn't give a shit? Or do you think there was somewhere in the middle for Law? Because I feel like that's where she was with this. I think she's ambitious, so I think she yeah. gave a shit. And she's um, a pop fan, and she's a pop nerd as well, and so is Jack She Anthony. is a pop fan, yeah. She's a, mass- she's a fan of, of music, which sounds like a weird thing to say for an artist, but you, she loves all every of a- aspect of it. Yeah. And I think, like, she's obviously extremely mature when it comes to how she understands her brand as an artist, because I think when you've got that momentum off the first album, you said it is very stressful to dip away. And when you think about other artists who have come out um, very young, like Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift, they've just kept rolling albums out and they really haven't taken time for themselves until much later in their career. So to do that when you're still in your teens, to duck away, to go back to New Zealand, to like kind of immerse yourself in, in New York as well, where she was spending a bit of time and just take yourself out of the spotlight. That's like, what if I come back and no one cares? And I think she didn't care about that. She was obviously so in love with the music she was making. Also going through a breakup at the time, which is obviously a shit thing to go through. But when you start, when you go through that breakup, when you're kind of at the artistic peak of your career, like that is just pop gold. And I think that's why this album works so well. It's the perfect combination of breaking up when you're in your teens, moving to a new city, experiencing parties and kind of like the um, euphoria that comes with that for the first time. It results in something magic. And I think the best thing that melodrama does is it really documents that experience so poignantly and in a way that I had never really heard done that well before. And so... Yeah, going back to your question, because I've gone on a tangent now, but yeah, I think she did kind of want to hit, but I think it was more important for her to just let that like energy come out on tape, and and it does. And her and Jack are such a magical combination on melodrama. And I think this is the first time that I really sat up and noticed Jack as a producer. Would you say so? Like, I know he was already working with Taylor, but, but this is the first album that it feels like he managed to deliver something really cohesive and and make something really great. He was working with Taylor, but it felt like that was all that was happening. He wasn't sort of creative directing Mm. and being the sort of leading the charge of the creative direction of a record. And I think this was his first opportunity to really show that he can do that. Um, And he absolutely nailed it. And he obviously found a real honesty and a kinship with Lord. Um, I was having this conversation with someone yesterday talking about Jack's band Fun and about how... Despite yeah. seeing Fun live three or four times, never noticed Jack. He just sort of... Three or four times. Hey, I was a massive Fun fan in like 2013. How many tours did they... Didn't they only have one album? I think they did three tours. I think they did like a festival of some description and then two show tours. They great. The, and trust and you me... Know, as soon as someone bands. resonates in Australia, it's like, why don't you just come out every two months now? Exactly. Pull a wombat. Every time you have a single. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god. That's the way to do it. You love me, let me go back to that bar in Tokyo. Um yeah, but no, absolutely. You are right, was... Jack didn't didn't shine through in fun. 
And maybe that is some of Jack's, maybe that is one of Jack's most magic things. Is that I he think can, so. is that he kind of doesn't need to be this celebrity producer. Yeah. He can just sort Absolutely. of do his thing, work on a really deep and one-on-one and personal level with an artist without the context of everything going on. Despite the fact at the time he was dating a huge celebrity in Lena Dunham, he's still able to yeah. just tap out of all of the bullshit and make records. Um, yeah. So I think that was and something I, they found a nice kinship with. I feel like um, from a lyrical point of view, like this is unmistakably Lord, but there are some of Jack's like um, what he's become, like what he's come to be known for that creep into melodrama that were introduced on melodrama. I think Greenlight is the perfect example of that. Those like thundering 80s beats that have been yep. all over kind of Carly Rae and um, Taylor Swift's later work as well. I feel like Greenlight was the first time that he really nailed that. And what a lead single to come out with. Do you do you remember what you thought of it at the time? I, I know you were a, an EDM head, but... No, like that was exactly what I was looking for at the time. That yeah. was That was the hard and fast, frenetic kind of shit that I was obsessed with at the time. And it brought it into such a new context. And it was just yeah. such a grand song and such a refreshing take on huge pop music. Um, yeah. I, I remember hearing that for the first time and just being mind blown. And it's still, it's, it's held up as well. And I think you, you, you raise a really good point in terms of Jack's production. I feel like he's almost like a modern day Phil Collins in that he's <laughs> like, and I mean, I, that sounds like, yeah. that sounds like I'm taking the piss, but like he really is playing with those drum sounds and playing with the just intensity of the sound. Yeah. Like I haven't heard a producer do in a very long time and, and not doing it in a way that's like super duper, uh, too inspired by the 80s and too close to what was happening in the 80s it sounds totally yeah. fresh and totally now as well and I think it feels like Lord just getting all of that catharsis happening and getting her real intense emotions out on that first song so that she can then sort of put, pull it back a bit for the rest of the record still be a bit frenetic at times but yeah. allow those stories to really come to the forefront but Greenlight was just that big grandiose pop record that I think we all needed at the time well, it was like the it was the instant like that instant feeling of um, breaking up with somebody and like that reckless freedom where it's like completely unhealthy but but um, necessary in a way and you get that like feeling of Lord just going absolutely nuts and the way they use the percussion to kind of like build it up and then they they bring it back and Lord's lyrics on that song are, are quite odd I think I remember hearing the the beach line you think you like. Uh, you said you like the beach. You're such, such a, a damn, damn liar. And I was like, what the... F-? Like, I don't think I liked it when I first heard it. I was like, really? this doesn't sound right to me. I just think that, like, raw honesty in a um, pop song was quite bizarre at that time. And it didn't... I don't know. That line didn't sit right. Now, obviously, it feels like a classic line. But it was a, it was a very strange pop song for the time. When you think about it now, in, in context, though, it's kind of set the agenda even now. Like... Pop stars like Sigrid and um, and even like I was gonna say Anne Marie, probably not Anne Marie, but um, heavy was people heavy like was very inspired by. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of all the pop stars that are doing that kind of that uh, 80s sound, like Dagny as Dagny. well. Dagny. Yeah, I mean Taylor. Obviously, it was all Taylor. over Lover. 
Exactly. Like Taylor, yeah. Green light, green light, and look what you made me do are very, very similar songs in my personal opinion. Yeah. Both very intense. You know my feelings on one of them. Yeah, I know. That's what you I'm know saying. my feelings on the other two now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, do you remember what you were expecting from Lord when we found out she was coming back? Do you remember what you were thinking she was going to do? You know what? I don't think I've cared that much. I know that yeah. people go on about pure heroin and they love it and the Lord, the hardcore Lord fans love it. I'm, I'm not in that boat. Royals, I think, um, is a clever song, but I don't particularly like it. I really like, I think Team's got great pop writing. I think Ribs is like amazing kind of pulsating electro pop. But in terms of being a, a diehard for pure heroin, I wasn't at all. So, I remember being a bigger fan of um, The Love Club from the EP. She the put Love Club was the my album. favourite as well. I, I thought that was better than anything on <laughs> On pure heroin. That's what I thought too. But it feels like quite a kind of like a nursery rhyme now when I listen back to it compared to melodrama. But yeah, in that in that respect, I wasn't I wasn't dying for a new Lord no. album. But as soon as I heard Green Light and I'd listened to it a few times, I think I was hooked. And then Liability came, and I was like, okay, this this feels like she's more than just a pop star now. This feels like she's gonna do something very special yeah and the first time i listened to the album from start to finish i was like absolutely floored by it yeah couldn't agree more agree with you i'm really puffy today i've just noticed can you notice this sam i'm very puffy it's because i've got i've had hay fever for the last like week and a half and it's it's making me very puffy for the last week and a half week and a half of hay fever not good but wow welcome to the pollinated City of the Central Coast. It's good. We've started doing video because my I've been very pimply for the last few weeks as well, but I've started using Fenty skin and my skin is really improving. So thank so you. Chewy. <laughs> Another so chewy. So chewy. Sponsored by Koala Mattresses and Fenty Beauty today. Thank you. To I mean, it's a pretty good lineup if we did have one. <laughs> we don't. We still have no one. We didn't even get sent a bloody bottle of Kylie Rose. Still no bottle of and Kylie Rose. She was on the Jesse Ware podcast. And they said they had the rosé coming out of their ears. So I don't know why. I saw, Jessie so I know it's in Australia it. because I saw, uh, shout out to Oscar on Twitter, who managed to find a bottle at a, a uh, bottle shop in Melbourne. Um, so I know it's in Australia. Don't know if it's, it's reached there. America okay, yet, good. but I know it's in Australia. So I'm going to track some down and make sure it gets to both of us. All right, well, TikTok, <laughs> maybe for our season finale. Yes, so we can crack the Kylie wine. Um, should we play our first <laughs> game of the yeah, Lord we Flop Stars? <laughs> As per usual, we've completely yeah, detoured. It's what people like and expect from us now. Come on, if you're not here for 100% analysis, you're here for about 80% and then 10% faffing around and then 10% of games. Exactly. That's a perfect... Gosh, I'm really struggling to find my words today. Well, that was like me last week, so I'm glad we're balancing it out. It's only yeah, seven. It was exactly. only 7.30 when we have... started the podcast my time today, 7.30 in the morning. Um, and I was pretty impressed with my first 15 minutes there. I thought I was, you know... Yeah, it was very impressive. You were almost too sharp you, for me. I was falling you behind. Got, uh, keep me on your toes. You almost didn't notice my... When you were on your tangent earlier, you didn't notice that my headphones and microphone cut out for 30 seconds. Um, and my oh, recording stopped. <laughs> it's all about me, really. 
<laughs> just give me the platform to speak and I'll go for it. I love it. You can you can go yeah, for a walk but... if you want. <laughs> I'll go make another coffee now. I'll be back. <laughs> What's our game, my friends? Okay, our game today, um, I've called it Oh, well, I haven't called it anything clever, actually. I've called it Lord versus people who have performed for the royal family. So when I think of a lord, I think of the royal family. Um, So I've come up with this game, but I've tried to make it relevant by putting the songs up against kind of similar songs in a way. Um, That said, my options were quite limited. A lot of Elton John, a lot of Sir Paul McCartney. Um, I've omitted them both from the game because they don't really go side by side with melodrama Elton actually does. probably pick an Elton song out yeah actually even a Beatles song actually probably. they could have been included but no. they're not cancel the Beatles um, so basically if you've performed for the royal family you are included in this game you're, you're eligible you can be included in this game yeah okay good now the rules are out of the way we can start the first w- matchup is Green Light, the lead single from Melodrama, yep. versus Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran from his hit record old, Divide. Just to be clear here, we're not talking about the particular performance at the Royal No, Family no, no. Movie. Unless you remember his performance at the Queen's Diamond I don't. Jubilee. How many years is Diamond? Is that 60 or 50? That's 50, isn't it? I don't, you don't I care. Don't know. Neither do I. <laughs> um, I think Castle on the Hill is one of Ed's strongest songs. I really... I knew you yeah. thought that. That's why well, I put that's... it in. Because anybody else would think this was an easy Exactly. No, you've got to be a little bit um, objective here, I think, if that's the right one. Yeah. Um, I think Castle on the Hill is a really good song. I think it's beautiful, beautifully written about the way that we connect to our hometowns, particularly those of us who grew up regionally. Um, so that's why I, I really gravitate towards that song from Ed. But green light, as I said, it was a moment. Pull out the regional charter to go into fight for Ed. Everyone always right. has a go at me for right, calling small town. I know. Boy. I live an hour north of Sydney, in like three minutes from a train station. It's not that fucking regional. But uh, yeah, I, I really gravitate towards that Ed song, and I think it's some of his best writing. I love the production on it as well. I think it is quite big and grandiose as well but no nothing to do with green light like nothing on green light and i think ed would probably agree with that as well yeah. <laughs> i think ed would probably put green light above it just for all the reasons i mentioned a few minutes ago it was just the moment it really yeah. was so yeah green light for me what about you i wonder what you'll choose guess what i agree with you <laughs> castle on the hill is one of my wow. um one of my favorite songs as well and I put these two together because I feel like they have a similar heartbeat. They have a kind of racing energy to them. Yeah. So I felt like they were a good matchup. Obviously, Greenlight is much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bo- both good songs. Greenlight's kind of, I don't know, the gold standard of, of pop music almost yeah. now. And would you say Lord's definitive song? Is definitive the right word? Definitive, yeah. Yeah, yeah her... Um... I think there isn't... No, I think there is another word, but I can't think of it. Who cares? I would agree with... I know what you're talking about. No, great. Marquee song. Marquee. It's a marquee song. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree too. That or... Or actually, you know what? Maybe Royals is. Yeah. Royals probably is. Yeah. Her... However, she was closing her tour with Green Light and it was a pretty unbeatable moment yeah true i never got to see her at a festival during this 
Neither. Um, I've actually only scary. seen Lord live once, and it was at um, the Shepherd's Bush O2 in London. Um, and wow. we were like in the. Was it for this, or it was, was it for the first half? Oh, that's a great question, actually. <laughs> I think it was for this. Yeah, it would have been 27. Well, did you hear green light or not? Because that'll answer the question. Had a couple, had a couple of champagnes beforehand. I think, I think mm. it was for this record. EDM boy was on yeah, it. Yeah, it was time. for this. It was for this record. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Moving on to a, a sappy little song called Liability. Baby really hurt me crying in the taxi. There's another sappy little song called Cardigan by Taylor Swift. I don't love either of them, <laughs> so this makes it a difficult matchup. I don't know what it is about liability. Yes, it's well written, but it just never—it's never—it's never touched me. And I found—I found that again going back on it. I started listening to the album and thought, you know what? I think I'm going to really gravitate to these songs again, and that was the case for most of them, but not liability. I still don't. But not I still liability. Don't to it. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe I just can't connect to the, the way she talks about what she's going through. I don't know. Um, I. Or maybe I don't want to connect to it. Maybe that's my issue. Maybe it's too real. Maybe it's too real. I'm not ready to face those demons yet. Maybe you are. Maybe a I am a liability. I would say you're a liability. To the I would show. absolutely you suggest were nine that I'm. Minutes late I would today. suggest I was more than nine minutes. I think it was about twenty <laughs> minutes. I would. I would say I'm a liability. I was trying to be. No, I was, I was. I was very late. Uh, I would. Oh, this is a hard one, Sam. And I feel like Cardigan's not had the the time either to settle in and become a. You know, a really special record for me either. Yeah. I really don't want to choose. I don't want to do this one. I don't like this question. How dare you ask it? You know what? I should have chosen a, a um, Jack Antonoff Taylor song. I really missed an Look, opportunity. I, I like here. what you were going By the for. way, she performed for the royal family at Kensington Palace in 2013. Wow. What did she perform? Not, she didn't perform Cardigan. <laughs> Seven years. Cardigan wasn't even in the womb. In the womb. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go liability just and only based off it being more of a moment and it being more important to people, I think, than Cardigan. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I, Both songs are great. Both songs have um, really cool takes, yep. I think. I like the um, vision Lord takes of her kind of like of an outsider watching her dance by herself in the living room as a lonely little sod. Um, I like Cardigan's, the way Cardigan deals with nostalgia and the idea of not knowing anything when you're young, but kind of knowing everything at the same time because you've got a completely unfiltered version of the yep. world. Um, so that, um, this is hard. It is a hard one. Liability is not, not my favourite on the album, but obviously the album's a 10 for me, so that doesn't really mean yeah. anything. I'm going to go with liability. Great. Same it's two you. for Lord so far. It's two for it's Lord. It's two, two from two it. for both of us, which never happens. Yes. Let's see if she can make it all of us. Let's see what happens with the next one. Perfect Places, which uh, rounds out melodrama. Versus Anything Can Happen by Miss Ellie Goulding, who performed at... Harry and Meghan's wedding. Why is Ellie Goulding the most Harry and Meghan artist I can think of? You, as soon as I thought people who performed for the royal family, I was like, I bet you it's Ellie Goulding. 
She she just feels like does she feel like a royal? Yeah, she feels like like a princess Eugenie, like one of the trashier royals. Yeah. To me. Yeah, with the best. Yeah, ones. yeah, exactly. The most exciting ones. You know what? I've only just realised the reason why I immediately thought Lord and Royals is because of the song Royals, and that didn't tweak. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking a lord, like a, a master or something like that. Anyway, moving well, on. Perfect places versus anything can happen. <laughs> I like anything what can happen. Like 45 yeah. <laughs> No, we're about 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect places is a great song. Um, yeah. uh, that's, probably what, that's probably my second favourite on melodrama. Or maybe third to Homemade Dynamite. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Anything that happens, a great song from Guldo. Um, I think it it's quite ethereal. It's quite. I like what happens in the in the little drop thing. The I like the little sample moment. Yeah. Um, but it's not a special song, and I think Perfect Places is quite a special song. So I think it's going to be three from three for Lord for me. Wow, the Lord stands jumped out. I disagree that anything can happen is not a special song. I love anything really? can happen, and I love. Yeah, I've got a real. Well, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Ellie actually. Yeah, me um, too. But I love hearing anything can happen in a festival setting. Um, and I love how she gets. Re- she can get like really deep with her voice, and she's like, "And we found out." You know, she gets like smoky. Like guttural, <laughs> guttural delivery. <laughs> Have you Guttural, seen definitely. Have you seen Guldo live before? I've seen Guldo live four wow. times, twice at Coachella, and she absolutely thrashes those drums during Anything Can Happen, and it's quite a um, euphoric moment, which is why I've put it up against Perfect Places because I think that also has this feeling of euphoria. Um, however, Anything Can Happen has this kind of like feeling that. Um, of hopefulness and I feel like perfect places is like do whatever the fuck you want because in, t- <laughs> in the end it doesn't really matter yeah anyway. <laughs> you're right <laughs> like we're all looking for this feeling that we're never going to truly find and we're all going to yeah. keep ingesting substances until we find <laughs> it um so I yeah but I uh, yeah perfect there's something about perfect places it gives you that that feeling doesn't it and I and I think that's why melodrama captures this feeling of youth so well because it's like you've still got this optimism when you're in your like late teens, early twenties that you're going to find something just unbelievable. And like, maybe you do eventually, probably but not. <laughs> you, you don't know how to get there. You don't know what you're chasing. And at the end, yeah, best you can hope for is a, is a small mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and a child that costs too much. To look after. And a wife that doesn't yell yeah, at you. A good misso. <laughs> a, good, a good, honest woman. <laughs> God, oh, it hurts to even joke about G'day that. to all our pink <laughs> fans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway, what are we going? Um, so, yes, I'm going perfect places and giving her the, the hat trick. Can she make it four from four, though? What's our fourth matchup? She could be the first, but this is this could be a hard one. Again, I don't know why I put it up against this, this particular song, but I was gravitating to it. Um, Homemade Dynamite. One of the singles off Melodrama versus The Cure by Lady Gaga, a standalone single. She also performed for The Queen in 2009. Wow. Not The Cure. 
what did she perform then? Bit of Just Dance kit. I, I feel like she would have done a really like over the top version of like. Um, oh, Poker the piano would have absolutely like been a, there. The piano would have been out. Pat, 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 pat. Pat, really. pat, pat, Ba, yeah. ba, ba, she would have had a leg up on the piano. She probably would have sprayed blood out afterwards. <laughs> All over Phil. Give him a little blood facial, make him look a bit younger. What is that? It's my koala. Have you got a koala. From the koala mattress. Are you trying to get koala? <laughs> now I'm unconvinced that this isn't an ad. I think you've you've signed no. us up and you're funneling the money into your pocket without letting me know that I am part of a koala ad. Despite this being your podcast idea, housed on your platforms, I'm making money off it. <laughs> you are using it as a platform. Absolutely. You're a typical influencer. <laughs> no, they give you a little koala with the mattress. It's really soft and cuddly. I'm going to give it to my rabbit. And he'll probably eat it. In the okay, anyway, great. sorry, I just picked it up because it's sitting next to me. <laughs> Stay tuned next week to find out about the rabbit's with, flourishing relationship with the koala. With the koala. Well, he's got a dog. He has a mm-hmm. dog, a gay llama... With like a rainbow sort of saddle. Um, he has okay. a turtle that squeaks when he jumps on it. And he's yeah. got uh, <laughs> armadillo. Do, do rabbits play with toys very Rabbits much? like nestle into toys and like rest with them. It's very sweet. They don't like knock them around okay. though. Um, but yeah, he's got a lot of animals and he's about to get another one. Congratulations to Phineas. Anyway, back to this. If you've got somewhere to be right now and you're hoping this podcast is going to be a short one, I would cancel where you're off to. You know what? I was like, we did two albums last week and in the space of about, you know, 55 minutes an hour. I reckon this one we can knock over, we can bowl over in 40. No, not the case. No. No. We'll spit lots of tangents. Um, But we're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep rolling. Answer Homemade Dynamite versus The Love Homemade Dynamite and going back to it, I was like, this was a really God tier pop song. Um, Actually, really loved the remix as well. I thought there was some. Uh, Me too. Really good, wasn't it? And what a three artists to get at that point. Like, they were all blowing up. Like, the perfect three to get. And they they all really were blowing up. So you've got Khalid, who was just having a moment there with Young Dumb. You had Posty, who was really starting to have his first couple of hits on the radio. SZA was, like, having her moments. The album Control was, like, just doing its thing. And then Lord just pulls them all in. Gets one homemade Dynamite remix. And they all did their own thing nicely. This is a good example of her being a pop Exactly. She knows what, what's going on. If anyone's going to be a scissor fan, it's going to be Lord. Um, yeah. So I, but even in its original form, still great. The Cure by Lady Gaga was a moment, a great pop song. Her first pop song in yeah. years, like her first normal pop song in years. The way she, pre- the way she yeah. like premed it at the, at Coachella in that performance. And like, oh, it just, it, everything came together so beautifully. So good. Um, so this is a very difficult one for me and The Cure holds a very strong place in my heart. Um, not just because my ex-partner used to sing it on repeat for about a year and a half straight. Yeah, we didn't really have a choice no. to like it or not exactly. like it, did we? It was just forced down so our throats. So L, you've part ruined it and part sort of like given it a home in my heart. So thank you for that. But it's been tarnished exactly. regardless. Yeah, I've got a bit of Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> I think, when it comes to The Cure. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a tough one because I think The Cure still really stands up and I love it. But I, I, want it, I think I'm wanting to give it to Homemade Dynamite to give Lord a four out of four. But also... I think it really stands up. Look at you finding a a soft spot for Lord. Yeah, and I think also the cure could be, it could be argued with the cure that it does does feel a bit gimmicky at points. And of course, she didn't really follow it up. 
And there was this whole idea that she was going to work towards an EP. And the cure just ended up being the single for about 18 months. It was just, le- she just left Yeah, there. it was just left there on yeah, its own. Yeah, and then she went and dibble-dabbled in her fucking yeah. little, little bit of acting. and um, Yeah, so I, I reckon Homemade Dynamite, to me, still stands up. So it's a four out of four for Lord for me. Yeah, I share the exact same thoughts as you on The Cure. Homemade Dynamite is a songwriting masterclass. Tuvelu, a, for, a former Great folk star. Um, co-wrote this one co-wrote on this one with Lord and there's just some absolute lines on there the um did you put a clap yeah, emoji your pronunciation of pronounced it yeah. right I'm gonna start there with that it's gonna be some thank fun stuff thank you um yeah the lines in Homemade Dynamite are so great uh, particularly the opening line like a couple rebel top gun pilots oh, flying with nowhere to good. be blow shit up like yeah. Homemade Dynamite like even that is just yeah. Such a funny lyric. And you know, there's that destruction in melodrama yeah. as well. That kind of like self-destruction of just wanting to go to a party and just absolutely drive yourself yeah, into the ground. Just write yourself off because it's experience. That whole idea of letting off some steam by partying, um, which we were all very yeah. guilty of in our early 20s. You know how... Oh, you, not not <laughs> can't relate. Can't relate. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Hi, Mum. You're right. I think that self-destruction was such a critical part of melodrama and particularly of that song. And it's definitely something that we could relate to. And it's definitely something that I think, with the hindsight of not being as much of a party animal as I used to be, um, and now feeling like my party days were sort of nostalgia, um, I I say that now. Particularly this year, Mm. I think. I, I Mm. Like I've re- I've revisited melodrama quite a lot this year and realised I'd never listened to it walking around the streets of New York, um, and which is was a big part of this album for her, the city. It yeah, it feels very very nostalgic, and I can't think of any pop projects that in their entirety capture that very formative experience of going from your teens into your twenties and starting to um kind of understand recklessness and how you can kind of be your own worst enemy in that sense, but also like still having this feeling of wonder about you. I don't think a project's captured it as well as melodrama does. I'm trying to think. I I really just can't even think of another one to rival it. To me, like Scissors Control um, does quite well at capturing that experience but yeah melodrama just really taps into it so excellently and also i love that she doesn't shy away from the fact that it's very over the top like the whole thing is extremely dramatic and calling it melodrama is just being like well you're gonna get it so you can't criticize me for being over the top because i I told you you. it says it on the tin this is what it's gonna be yeah i think as well like with i liked your comparison to control there i think what control does though is it's probably a little bit more of a processed emotion on control and it's a little bit more she's able to then sort of smooth it over a little bit and be a little bit more considered about the way she does it which is great in its own way but i think the beauty of melodrama is these are still quite raw emotions being put into um into these songs in quite a cathartic way and quite a i don't really give a shit you know how honest i sound kind of way so yeah i get the feeling with some of these songs that lord literally 
got home from the party and put pen to paper. I think away. I read that she like, did. They feel that. I think stressed. I read that she did in a few of these instances. I think homemade dynamite in particular. When I was listening to that, you know how the genius things come up yeah. at the bottom. I think she was having a party yeah. at Jack's house and needed to or maybe it was the morning after and she was talking to jack and lena yeah. in the kitchen and like ran to the studio yes yeah. you're right yeah amazing because she uh, yeah like we just keep going back to it but she captures it's very hard to capture that kind of like intoxicated state and all the very intense emotions that you feel at the time you know when you want to say shit when like you're at a party or something you get home the next morning you're like i'm just so glad i didn't yep. say that or maybe i did say that and <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have a few phone calls to make exactly today. but um some of the lines are just so good and there's one that starts um one of the songs when she says you asked if i was feeling it i'm psycho high like psycho high is just such a a such a choice way of explaining all the feelings and emotions and like it's all good and bad at the same time it's it's really it's so brilliant oh my god you're making me fall properly in love with this album and this artist now which is the beauty of flop stars on quite a regular i'm glad because i always thought that you would get there on this i know as somebody who appreciates pop songwriting that you would be there. Yeah. Maybe you were just being a, a bit of a contrarian. I think so. And I think I've become a bit more of a soppy bitch in the last few years as well. So, you know, I'm able Definitely. to tap into those moments more. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a very long-winded uh, way of playing that game, but at least we did it and we got there in the end and we gave it a we did four from it. four times two for Lord. So congratulations to her. That's very good. And the clap emoji comes up on Zoom once again. It returns. Now laugh emoji. <laughs> it's very becoming very visual, this it podcast. Is. Yeah. Look, we are just absolutely um, draining through the yes, time. Yes, let's punch so it. So do you want to just crack on with oh, your I'm happy game? To. And then we can have a little little more yeah, of a chat about that's a great Lord. idea okay so my game is called lord or another lord i'm going to give you a quote from lord around melodrama or i'm going to give you a quote from another one another person with lord in their name or if they are a lord um of sorts and yeah. you have to work out <laughs> which is which um so it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. interesting love you have it. to work out. i don't need you to tell me which lord it comes from but i would love you to work out the difference between the two okay the first quote in lord yeah. or another lord Keep track on how you go with this. Like what? Like okay. wildflowers, you must allow yourself to grow in all the places people thought you never would. Is that the artist lord around melodrama and her growth? Or is it another lord? This is hard because the lord could be anybody. Could be. There's a lot of lords out there and a lot of them are quite inspirational and love a good little quote that can be wrapped up into a... A lot of them are pretty awful There's as well. There's a lot well, of awful ones they? as well. The, pa- the patriarchy and the royal system is quite broken. I've I've just got a gut feeling that Lord wouldn't say yeah. that, so I'm going to go with another Lord. Wrong. Yeah, that was Lord. Oh. That was Lord. That's on Damn the website. It. Top twenty-five oh, quotes by well Lord. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a website like that would love that. Very quote. good. Very very good. So that's a Lord quote. The second quote. Knights, new plan. The one who kills the ogre will be named champion. Have at him. Was that Lord or another Lord? 100% that was Lord quoting Lord Farquaad from Shrek. That was another Lord. It was Lord Farquaad from Shrek. One of the the greats. Well done, Sam. 
You're one from two. I thought you'd do better at this, but you're 50%, I suppose. Oh, well, you haven't... <coughs> Don't write me off. Yeah. Okay. Who said this? The smarter the person, the more boring the Instagram account. Did Lord say that or did another Lord say that, tapping into popular culture and this social media world that we live in? Oh, Lord. No, the royal family's got a pretty boring... I think that was another Lord. That was another Lord? I think it was another Lord. Yeah. You're wrong again. That was Lord oh. on Twitter. I don't know no. at all. To be fair, that wasn't around melodrama. That was in 2014 that she tweeted that. Um, but that was another Lord. Okay. okay. Yeah. The next quote. Run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. Who said that? Was that Lord or another Lord? Is, is every other quote from Shrek? Not necessarily. Who, who knows? <laughs> run, run, run. That's another as Lord. You... Correct. That was Lord Farquaad from Shrek. Wait, is this game actually Lord or Lord No, it's Farquaad? Lord or another Lord. It could be any Lord. Keeping in mind that you've answered another Lord for when it's actually been Lord twice so far. So you're clearly not yeah. as tapped into this game as, I, as you think you are. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Settle down. One more. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Here we go. Does anything really matter? We all end up in the same place. All that's left is our Wikipedia entry. Did Lord or another Lord say that? Again, tapping into popular culture and our obsession with Wikipedia-ing everything. That was another Lord. That was Lord. <laughs> oh. She's, she said some very profound things. Oh, I was like, that's Elton John or something. Wait, is he a Lord? How can you be a Lord? You have to be knighted. No, that's a knight. How do you... Well, actually, we bought my brother a... Um, I say we, mum did. Um, a plot of land in Scotland, and he's now considered a lord in Scotland. He can... Oh, great. So it's just a, a quote from him will be Probably. in here. Oh, yeah, I should just get some stupid quote from him. Yeah, you can buy a plot of land in Scotland for as little as forty nine ninety five and become a lord straight away. <laughs> That's what it means to own land. All right, so not... <laughs> Do you think Lord is actually a Lord? Like, do you, surely someone's bought her that yeah. land as a joke. Yeah, she probably is. Someone's probably done it at some point. Okay, one more. One more Lord or another Lord quote. Okay. The winner of this tournament will have the honour of rescuing the beautiful Princess Fiona <laughs> from the fiery pit of that dragon. <laughs> Was that Lord or <laughs> The fact... I have only managed to get 50% on this stupid game. That was another Lord. Do you want to guess which one? I love that I picked up on what you were doing, the second thing, and still continued to answer incorrectly. That was Lord Farquaad from Shrek. That was Lord Farquaad. Well done. 50%. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so embarrassed <laughs> That's Lord or another Lord Let us know on Twitter how you went At Sam underscore interns and at Nick W Oh yeah, I can't imagine anyone did as badly as I did <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear oh, no, Now we have to actually talk about the album in a really sort of like Considered context as well to go back to well. talking about the album I wonder what Lord Farquaad would have thought of the album <laughs> He surely would have been a fan <laughs>
I wanna. Are you generally when it comes to pop music? Are you generally a lyrics a lyrics person or a music person? Um. Oh, that's a really hard one. Like, music's got to be good, but the lyrics usually are the cut through point for me. And smart lyricism is really yeah. important to me. I'm the it's same. Really important. And um, my my partner Bianca, who's also our absent producer, who hasn't said a word yeah. during this no episode. her work is done behind the um, scenes yeah very behind <laughs> the scenes so much so that i can't see it um she always says that she's a music person and she can never understand the lyrics that i pull out of things and how that makes me fall in love with the song but all you need is one lyric for me for, like for me to totally invest yeah. in a song um and the louvre is a one of those moments for me not instrumentally wasn't one of my favorite songs on the record. And I remember just catching this moment being like, wait, did she just say that? And it's when she says down um, in, they'll hang us in the Louvre down the back, but who cares? Still the Louvre. (laughs) Such a good lyric. That is the best moment you can find in a pop song is one of those. Wait, did she, uh, did you just say that? And you have to like sort of swipe back a little bit to hear it again. Is that that right? And I was like, oh, I didn't know she, we were going to get a bit of humor. And I feel like in the, in in the studio, that's a really big moment for an artist going, can I say that? And then just be like, fuck it, let's do it. And then that's what resonates. Exactly. And also I think um, the way the music pairs with the lyrics on this album at so many points is quite incredible. Mm. Even um, on the Louvre again, when she says like broadcast the boom, 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 Let boom. Dance and then it. that beat just starts like rumbling underneath it. Yeah. Is, that's, that's a real, real amazing point. A lot of record. smart phrasing on this record. A lot of smart sort of, yeah, her turn of phrase is just great. And you see it, you know, it's her because you see her in interviews speak with the same sort of wit She's got a very, a very strong wit. And I, I find this yeah. a lot of my favourite Kiwi artists, actually. They've got a really sharp wit. Um, like Tom, Tomston is one of them. Very witty, quick yeah. humour that comes across in the music, but also in their personality and in their interviews and as well. Also a real like sense of poignancy mm. to everything they yep. say. And, and at times with Lord, I was like, is this a bit over, like, is this overdone? Yep. Which I think is why, what my initial kind of like reason I stood back from her initially but then you hear an album like this and you're like, oh, no, this is just literally what she's yeah. like. She's this 100%. She's, she's not putting it on. Yeah. This is really, and then you saw her get to have some dramatic. fun with that as well and actually let the fun side of mm. it come out a little bit more. Um, well, when you think of a song like um, Rider in the Dark where she sings like, I bet you'll rule the day you rue the day you kissed a rider in the dark. <laughs> that is such an intense thing to exactly. say, say to someone and such a threat. Um, but coming from her, it just kind of works. And I bet you in the studio, it felt really good to sing something like that, even though she herself probably knew that was a, quite a ridiculous yep. thing to exactly. say. Exactly. <laughs> it just makes sense for her though. It's such a, it's such a her kind of humor and you know, she's yeah. always been super honest with her audience. And I think with the, you, we've seen that through, you know, even like the emails she sends out, if you're on Lord's mailing list, you get raw totally. fucking Lord, you get the real deal. Um, and you know what you said with um, the Kiwis as well? The only emails I get are from Lord and Kimbra. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. there you P.S. Go. If, if anyone Kiwis didn't love see Kimbra's um, Instagram live with Dawn Richard the other week, check that out. It was really good. 
really great conversation between them. I didn't even see that, and that's right. I, that's alley. exactly. That's a very you live. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. It's a really good, really good conversation. Was there any um, thing from going back and listening to melodrama? Because I imagine you probably haven't re-listened to it much since God it no. came out. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So was there anything going back and listening to it for this that really stood out to you? Just the fact that like homemade dynamite wasn't as much of a smash as it should have been. And Perfect yeah. Places kind of felt like it did. This is from the Australian context. Perfect Places had a bit of a moment here. Um, but Homemade Dynamite yeah. felt like it sort of swept under the radar and became sort of um, an, an R&B Fridays song um, once it got the remix done and was just sort of... Yeah, it's amazing that it didn't do any better given Who's on it? the remix that it yeah. did. Yeah, and Radio was playing the big songs by and all those And also, like, a great... Sometimes you feel like they put on an artist like that onto a song just to flog a like song that's really doesn't have the yeah. legs to go the distance on, on its own. But Homemade Dynamite was already a, a great pop I love song. the amount of horse analogies we make on this podcast, by the way, because the legs to go on its own. <laughs> I think that stood out to me that that wasn't as much of a smash. And also um, another thing that stood out to me is how short the album is in a really good way. And yes, I think I'm glad short. she did that. I think there would have been a temptation, particularly after three or four years off and so much shit to process, chuck a couple of extra tracks on there. Yeah. I'm really glad they cut it down to essentially 11 um, or essentially nine if you get rid of like the interlude and the Homemade Dynamite remix, which now yeah. sits in the in the packet of that album. Um, essentially, yeah, and sl- kind of almost sliced into two yeah. halves as well. I think I think yeah. they did a really good job with the track listing and with the, with the... Um, with the placement of the songs on each as the album goes on. Yeah. Um, and it just, yeah, I think I, 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 I regret not giving it the time at the time. I regret not writing it off, but I regret sort of going, oh yeah, it's fine. And then just moving on. Cause there is some really great moments in this. But it is one of those albums that feels timeless and feels like it doesn't really matter when you visit yeah. it. It doesn't feel like it's rooted in the year it was yeah. released. I kind of felt going back to it this week that it was like oh this could have come out this month and i wouldn't have wouldn't have really yep. noticed too much that it's dated it's extremely timeless it's extremely timeless. i want to know what there's one song we haven't spoken about which i feel like is a big fan yeah. favorite so we should Supercut. give it a shout out but uh, supercut yeah, i knew you were yeah. gonna say that what are your thoughts on a supercut? great song a gra- and another one another mm. one that really resonated with the fans but didn't get its moment in the sun as a hit and if we're you know, yeah. looking at this in the commercial context, I think it really deserved a moment. And luckily, was radio ready for a song that like th- is that like no. pulsating? And because Australian radio doesn't really pick up on that Scandi pop thing too much, never does has, it? and, and that Supercut feels particularly rooted in in Robin esque yeah. pop. And like you see this with like artists like Robin and Dagny and Sigrid releasing great records and getting next to no radio play in Australia to start yeah. with um the uk picks up on those records a little bit more and i think it probably could have had a, a yeah. good moment in the uk um but yeah no i think we, we definitely need to pay super cut its dues and that obviously found its fan base very quickly and became a a real fan but <coughs> my my apologies a real fan Bless thank you, you. My, that became a real fan favorite um and a really a really special moment for her and yeah it's just sort of like hidden yeah. on the album <laughs> And I noticed today on an album that is, as you said, very short, the outro of Supercut is about a minute and a half long and it's basically just murmured beats, like, for that long. <laughs> to give that kind of space, like, that takes some balls to be like, I'm going to take one of the most immediate 
pop songs on the record and I'm just going to draw it out like an elastic band. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, I'm going to roll through my game because we're right. really, really chatting on today. <laughs> Which is good. It is. It's good discourse. It's great discourse. We've had a little bit of disagreement. We've had a lot of agreement and we've had a bit of fun. And a lot of Lord Farquaad. (laughs) So. (laughs) Sorry, keep going. (laughs) So um, when I Googled melodrama today, it came up with melodrama, the album, obviously, but then also melodrama as a um, genre of fiction. Oh, yes. So I clicked on that genre of fiction and the first book it came up with was a book that I hadn't heard of before um, by an unknown artist called Stephanie Myers called Twilight. Who, so, who is that? Sorry, I don't know her. Very, very niche. Very, kind of an independent bookstore type thing, I think. <laughs> so I'm going to put up Twilight. I'm going to give you a quote from Twilight or a quote from Melodrama, and you've got to tell me what it's come from. Got it. So... I haven't gone with the big moments on melodrama, so you're not going to get any, I do my makeup in somebody else's car. Order different drinks at the same bar. My drink is blood, and the other drink is blood. That's my my Twilight (laughs) reference. Well, you're combining the two. They're going to be very separated. Um, Okay, so the first one is, now we sit in your car and our love is a ghost. Was in your car, now love is a ghost. Oh, that feels like a Lord lyric to me. Now love is a ghost. I couldn't pinpoint what song, but I'm gonna go. Lord, I'm gonna go melodrama for that, not Twilight. It is melodrama, and I think I fucked up because we were talking about the car lyric from Greenlight right yeah. before it. So she obviously had a Loves bit of a thing car. with the cars. It sounds very much. What like song was a, that from? Um, that is from Hard Feelings. Okay. There you go. One from one so far. Okay, the next one is I drink up your movements and still I can't get enough. Still I can't get enough. I drink up your movements. I drink up your movements. I feel like this is Robert Pattinson in Twilight or like Edward Cullen um, talking about how he like follows Bella around everywhere, like sits and watches her sleep and stuff. Like he's drinking up her movements and still can't get enough because he's so in love. I'm going to go this being Edward Cullen in Twilight. Nah, that's Lord. Damn it. On the Louvre. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The next one is a question. Do I dazzle you? Ooh. Do I dazzle you? <laughs> so I don't know what that was. Do I dazzle you? That's Twilight, I reckon. Because the dazzling would be the you know how their skin glows? It's got that sparkly thing going. Yeah. That's Twilight. That is Twilight, yes. correct. The next one is they'll talk about us, all the lovers. They'll talk about us, all the lovers. Us, all the lovers. They'll talk about us, all, all the lovers. Love you whispering. They'll, they'll it. Talk sounds about. very, sounds very audio book. That's my way of processing things. Like you know how normally you just do it in your own head. I'd like to do. It. They'll talk about us, all the lovers, all the lovers. It's like you're doing ASMR. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> that's a Lord lyric. Yep, that's a Lord lyric. Yes. You're doing well. This isn't as hard as I thought it no, would be. No, you're not tricking me yet. Okay, the next one this is. This game's not as so good lion- as Lord or another Lord. 
Well, you did get one wrong, so don't get too cocky, please. <laughs> the next one is, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. So the lion fell in love with the lamb. Lamb, sheep, New Zealand, that's Lord. That is Twilight. Bum, bum. Oh. Too cocky. There you go. Damn How's it, it feel? How's it, how's it feel? How's it feel? <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm equaling you now on 50-50. Oh, right, the final one is one I think you're going to like. Um, stupid shiny Volvo owner. <laughs> stupid little shiny Volvo. Oh, stupid little shiny. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid little, little stupid shiny, shiny Volvo. Volvo. Did she, just to clarify, it's not Lord quotes from like, Interviews. No, this is from a song. Song quotes. Cool. It's Twilight. It is Twilight. Yes. Yes. I just threw that in there because it it tickled my fancy. (laughs) Tickled me pink. Silly little emails. (laughs) Silly little podcast. (laughs) Silly little. Talking about silly little albums on your silly silly little little podcast. podcast For a treat. Really infantilizes (laughs) the work we do, doesn't it? When you just put silly little in front of it. I love minimizing what I do. Literally. For my self-confidence. Yeah. Putting your silly little songs out in your silly little management company. Making your silly little (laughs) podcasts. Writing about silly little songs in your silly little blog. Hosting your silly little events. All of it just infantilizes it. Really good. God, you're going to have a good day, aren't you? I'm going to have a great day. That's swirling around in your head. <laughs> what am I really doing? Who really cares? Peak confidence. Yeah. <laughs> we need a bit of green light green light confidence. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask, what do you um think of, of Kylie's second single from Disco Magic? I can't not hear Change the Rhythm. Change the Rhythm. But apart Me too. from that, I like it. I'm enjoying the direction it's that it's going in. It's a bit of fun. Jessie Ware described it on her podcast, Table Manners, that um, the album sounded a bit French-inspired, a bit Daft Punk even. So that's going to be interesting to hear. Uh, I was here till till French-inspired and then I I had to jump off the Titanic at Daft Punk. Well, I didn't really say anything before that, did I? (laughs) (laughs) So Jessie Ware. (laughs) Bloody hell, Jessie, you've ruined it before it's even out. All right. Well, I've enjoyed talking about melodrama. I think you've come around. I, I don't think you're going to get hate from the Lord no. Stands because they're they're bloody strong. Come for this on album. the journey with its Lord Stands, and if you came along the journey, thank you. Appreciate you. Make sure you hit the follow button because we do this every week, or the subscribe button depending on what silly little platform you're on. A lot of people chatting about us, are chatting to us on Twitter about the podcast. Yeah. Kind of almost too much. I'm I'm getting overwhelmed. <laughs> By responding to three tweets a week, we appreciate which is more than you. I usually would. It's really, it's, but um, yeah, keep going. It's great. Thanks, Cameron Adams, for your kind words. Um, thanks to yeah, very nice. There were lovely words from Cameron Adams, the wonderful uh, journalist. Thank you to our Polish listener, who we adore. Um, and I'm just checking yeah. if we've had any more reviews. No, no more reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. We'll fucking get to it. Come I'll on, I expect guys. at least one from Koala, given we gave you so much exactly. free press in this podcast. Exactly. And uh, Fenty Beauty. So if Rihanna could just comment, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, just just a silly little comment <laughs> silly from Rihanna. Silly little comment be, from Rihanna. It would be, be excellent. <laughs> just, just something to tap us on the shoulder for our good work. 
<laughs> Nothing too much, just an emoji. Exactly, that's all we ask for. Little clown emoji to describe who we are. And if Lord could come out of her little hobbit shack in New Zealand and comment on the podcast, even you know what, even better. We have every time we do a podcast. Something happens. Like, we did Pink a couple of weeks ago, and suddenly there's a Pink song with Keith Urban. We did Kylie, and then Magic oh, comes right. out. We always manage to provoke some an artist to do something. Do you reckon yeah. we're going to get Lord back out for, with this flop song? I'm manifesting. Yeah. I think um, log on to your DSP on Friday, and you will see a new album from Lord, produced by David Guetta. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh.